Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Hope Story Circle and welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion, and connection. I welcome all of you today. It's so good to see your faces. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance, and I'm joined today by Liz Gannon Graydon, who's also on our board, and Yelena Popovich, who is our practicing peace in schools lead. And um, our special guest today is Norma Loeb. And I'm so excited to have Norma join. My dog's excited too, apparently. I don't know if you can hear my dog. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> oh, so my dog's excited too. Um, but we're really pleased to have you, Norma. Can you just come off mute and say hello? Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. We're really pleased to have you. You have a wonderful story to tell, and we're so happy to have you here to join us today. But first, we're going to hand it off to Yelena, who's going to lead everyone in a meditation and bring everybody in together. Yelena? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you are. And Whenever you are listening to this recording on the podcast, um, welcome. I want to start by inviting you to just um, find a way that, find a way in your body that your body would appreciate most in this moment. That could be um, seated, it could be standing. You're welcome to be on and off camera, whatever feels most comfortable you and just a moment allow yourself to fully arrive to truly be where your feet are finding a way to connect with the earth and with this moment Just noticing what are some of the thoughts, sensations, the emotions that are present at this very moment. And whatever those are, see if you can invite a question. Can I be with this? Just a moment. Matter if that is pleasant or if there is a little discomfort. Can I let this be? And this. Including everything. Just a moment. 
then I invite you to really experiment by directing the word and energy of yes to whatever you are feeling or noticing. What does it feel in your body when you say yes? How does yes feel in your heart? Just for a moment, allow unconditional yes to be present. Yes, this too. As we take some of the deep soothing breaths, and join back the community. The invitation is to perhaps in the weeks to come, just invite more yes in your life. Time. Right Now eyes to bring in light and join these beautiful faces, names today and welcome Irma. So glad for you to be here. When you're ready, you can share your story. Thank you so much for having me here today. My story will start with the fact that my mom and I were very close, very close as mother and daughter and as very close friends. But for the point of this story is that when she was 75, she had trouble doing her checkbook and my mother was amazing with numbers. So something was definitely not right. And her internist said, it's a normal part of aging. So I just want everyone to know it is not a normal part of aging if you don't know that. And I will leave out everything that happened for three and a half years with misdiagnosis. But my mom was eventually diagnosed with a disease called Lewy body dementia, that's L-E-W-Y, which most people have never heard of but it is not rare and is the disease that Robin Williams had, but he never knew he had it. It consists of 
problems with cognition and Parkinson's symptoms, hallucinations, depression, many, many other, unfortunately, many other symptoms. And so I knew nothing about it. And as soon as I heard about it, again, after three and a half years of unbelievable stories in between going to major medical centers and being misdiagnosed with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, which is very typical, I was researching and getting as much information on the disease and on, and on caregiving. I knew nothing about any of it. I remember somebody saying to me once, why didn't you ask a social worker? And I said, who knew to ask a social worker and where do you find a social worker? So in doing this, there was one organization in the United States only that was specifically for Louis body. And they asked me as I was, I was researching and I was on forums and they asked me to be the New York support group facilitator, which is what I became. And I've now been doing that for 14 years, but, but going back a little ways, as I'm leading the groups, which were in person at that time, way before Zoom, I kept hearing how much information needed, just like I needed it. And everybody had no place to turn. So the support groups were very helpful, but I also saw that so much individual help needed to be done. And at the time I had met this wonderful man who became my mentor, his name is Ted Hartley, who was married to Dina Merrill, for any of you who know Dina, who was an actress and philanthropist and social aid. She passed away at now from Louis Body Dementia, but at the time she was alive. And he encouraged the people at the other organization to open a New York office and have me lead it. And I said, wow, that's not something I ever thought of, but from that moment and the encouragement, I suggested to them that I can work from home. They do not have to pay me. I want to bring as much support as I can to as many people as I can, because I know all the information that I had gathered for a year, but it wasn't part of their strategic plan. And they also thought I may look like a competitor and why would we start in New York? And I said, wow. I always feel that if somebody tells you no, it just means, well, you can't do it with them. And because I had experience working with my beautiful friend, Liz Gatton-Graden, who is on here, and our organization, What Better Looks Like, I knew some of the details of starting a nonprofit organization, a 501c3. And so I went online, and long story short, I founded my own nonprofit organization called the Louis Body Dementia Resource Center. It's not something I ever thought I would do, but, but I did. And I'm so happy to have done that for many reasons. We have the only life helpline now for Louis Body in the country. We have support groups. I have a website full of hundreds of pages of information and we're, we're doing much more. So that was a big decision at the time and one that I'm really happy about. And it also came about because in between all of this, I had moved my mom into my home and she was bedridden for the seven years she was with me. It's also another level of care that I knew nothing about, but learned through the beautiful help of women who cared for her 24 seven in my home. Never did I think I would open my door to have strangers come. Never did I think I would, I could do this in general. How, how can I have her living? But I have to say, as I was weighing it and had gone to a nursing home and felt the energy versus, I just couldn't see my mom there. And I so 
wanted her to be with me. And it was a huge decision, but the best one I've ever made in my life to have her with me and to learn empathy and learn compassion, which is what happened from that. And while she's living with me and I lived with a boyfriend at the time, we owned the home together and he was very gracious enough to have my mom live downstairs. But what happened was <laughs> after quite some time, frankly, we were not getting along. And, but I can't move out. My mom is living here. And of course I can't think of moving out. And then Hurricane Sandy was coming. I lived on Long Island where we knew it would hit and we lived on the water. And so I needed, I needed to get her out of that home because the water was definitely gonna come into our home, which it did. Two feet of water did come after I took her out of the home. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it was, I always think of it as I couldn't move out because how can I move her and she's bedridden and I, I can't leave. And what I did was it was available as call an ambulance and move for five weeks to another co-founder of What Better Looks Like, my beautiful friend, Chris, and went to her home. All I did was call an ambulance, pack up some things and go. And it was as if God said to me, you think you can't move out because your mother lives here and she's bedridden? Let me show you how simple that is. So I always talk to people and um, one of, uh, another good friend of mine had said, I don't wanna wait for a hurricane for me to make a decision for a hurricane to hit me. So I just remember that it was significant, a significant time in my life. And as my mom was living in my home, then I, I was working as an executive assistant at the New York Times for 28 years to the CFO. And then I got a buyout. And as I'm in the home with my mom, we moved, I, I love the ocean and I wanted always to live at the ocean, but how am I doing that? Well, after I lived at Chris's home and I'm looking for an apartment because now I knew I wasn't going back to my home because now I'm out, I need an apartment and one came up on the ocean, ocean front, not ocean view, ocean front. And here I was thinking, I need to work next, but now I got a buyout and it enabled me to stay home with my mom in our home and spend that time and work on my organization and be there with her. And that was, that was all of these happened synchronistically. I just really feel that the energy went with it with the organization and went with it with my mom and what happened next is I knew after many years that it, it was hard for me. I, I was able to, to live my life as I was. And in fact, as part of what that it looks like, we went to Rwanda together, which was a big decision, but I had good help at home. And then after my mom passed away um, is when I want to back up for a second. <laughs> when I started my organization, it was right after my mom passed. And about a year later, a friend of mine asked if I wanted to go to a retreat in Mexico for, it was a women's retreat. And I said, okay. And I went to it's a, a city called Sayulita, which is an hour outside of Puerto Vallarta. And we were there and we came to Puerto Vallarta just for a day for my friend's birthday. 
but I had brought enough clothing with me in case I wanted to stay longer for two weeks, which is something I had never had the opportunity to do before. And while we were here, I felt the energy so strongly and I have many, many stories in between there that I decided to stay. That was six years, six years ago. And I went home and I came back for two weeks. And the next year, I came a week, I came for a month, I'm sorry, and stayed two months. And every year I increased that because the energy and the synchronicity was really powerful here. There's a vortex and people who feel it really are drawn here. And then when I was here, a few years later, COVID hit. I didn't expect that. And so instead of staying three or four months, I was here for eight months. And I was able to lead my support groups via Zoom. In fact, started in another support group for people who have Louis body and which I've been doing and not just for caregivers. So I just found that I could be in a place where I could be purposeful and I'm loving it and I could enjoy it. I met the most fascinating people and I kept saying, oh my God, I'm, I'm meeting the most interesting people and they're all so different. And another friend of mine said, well, the people, the people you're meeting, it's because most people don't move to Mexico. So they must be interesting people. And I just have really found that so that I, I'm able to, at this moment, as of three months ago, I now live in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, which is also something I never anticipated. So all of the above brought me to, thanks to the love of my mom and growing up in a, in a very loving home for which I'm very grateful for having two parents with common sense and with a lot of love, brought me to this space of finding the time and the energy and really the love to spend the time with her that then led to, to so many other things. And I can tell you that I can spend another 15 minutes on each topic on each day and almost each week in Mexico. And for all, for all the love that I felt and, and, um, and, and keep growing and keep feeling. And I'm grateful for all of that. And I'm Thank you for having me tell the story. Thank you so much, Norma. What a wonderful story with so many, so many chapters, so many different shades. Liz, would you like to talk about an inquiry for the breakout rooms? I, I would. And you know, this is this is a fun one for me because Norma really is such a dear friend and we've traveled the world and done wonderful things together. And when I listened to her story, when we all listened to her story, what came up, um, a combination of Terry and, and Yelena and myself, was um, this idea of feeling a purpose in life, right? Sometimes uh, your life takes a turn, right? And you're not really sure what move can make or what the move will look like. And then life opens up opportunities and sometimes in the form of a hurricane is enormous, right? And, and we make these choices. And when I think of Norma though, I think what has made Norma's life so magical and inspirational for me is that the, Terry always starts, right? And those of you who have been on calls before really read about what the purpose of peace on is and, and why we meet. And she always mentions three words, right? Empathy, 
compassion, connection. And those are the three words I always think about with Norma, especially connection. And so for me, that idea was, you know, it started with the love of, for her mom, right? Which led that thread to, of course, I'm going to care for her. And what Norma won't say for you, it would say, but I'm going to say this one sentence is the reason she started her organization and kept growing and growing and growing and growing is because she said she wanted, she, she wanted for everyone what she wanted for her mom, right? This place of feeling connected, feeling you had a place to be um, as, as you're going through this process. So the inquiry that we decided to move into the room is, is have you ever been at a place where you either felt kind of stuck or um, not, you knew that you had this purpose, you knew you had this feeling you want to move forward, but you weren't really sure how. And is there something that you're drawn passionately to, right? From, from your sense of love, empathy and connection that you'd like to speak into the world, right? I would say that Norma kind of spoke things into the world and then, and then they appeared. So um, in a few minutes, Terry, in a minute, Terry's gonna put you in groups. What we'd like to think about is, are you or have you experienced that place of feeling you wanna make a move, you wanna do something, but you're not sure your life circumstances will allow it. And then, what, what would that look like? What would that feel like? And how maybe in this little group, could you speak that into existence? Okay. All right, we're going to go into breakout rooms. Um, I'm gonna put the recording on pause and then we'll come back together in just a few minutes. Welcome back everyone. It's good to see all of you. I noticed that no one came back early. <laughs> it leads me to believe you are having some really good conversations. So who would like to share? You can unmute yourself and share what you'd like to. Anyone? Well, I'm going to practice fearlessness. <laughs> you go, David. Uh, no shame. <laughs> I was in a group with two other people, and one of them was totally silent, and the other, we had a really good, satisfying interaction because she asked me some really good questions, and I was doing most of the talking and telling my story and eventually coming to the point of feeling very hopeful rather than feeling stuck hmm. because I am feeling stuck. Right. And, but I changed that to, no, I'm not feeling stuck. I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm just anticipating that something is going to show up soon that will give me the next opportunity to contribute to the culture of peace. Um, so that's where I am. I'm, I'm very grateful. I had all that time to just talk. <laughs> it was good therapy. <laughs> Well, I love I love the the notion of anticipation. You know, that's a wonderful place to be. Actually, it can be very creative. I love that too. Hearing that you turned it around from feeling stuck to yeah. waiting. No, not even waiting, and not even anticipation, but having that intention out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Who else would like to share? I think we found that in our feelings of stuckness were um, a lot of the, the real stories behind some of the statistics that mm-hmm. we're experiencing and the multiple, multiple crises that are entwined, things like housing crisis, the climate crisis and displacement from fires and floods, uh, some of the, the challenges around workplaces and um, uh, the the many shifts in pandemic policies, including not so great ones coming back to the workplace um, and things that are, you know, not just personal, but also like very much thematic to the times. And there was a great relief in speaking to them truthfully. I mean, for me, it was just a great relief to hearing us speak to them truthfully and to sit in empathy with people that we maybe know only just a little or not at all. Yeah. That's lovely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Because there are a lot of things going on. We're all faced with so much, it feels. So to have empathy for each other is a powerful way to to move through it. Who else would like to share besides my dog? I'll share, say something. Hi, Annette. Hi. Sorry, Kathy. Oh, go ahead. Thank you. I was going to say uh, I'm grateful for the group I was uh, part of. I was in one before and then I got moved and I apologize for that, that I couldn't share with everyone there. But um, I find it helpful when I'm reminded that whatever the issue is, whatever I'm experiencing, even though it may be completely different from what someone else is experiencing, that we are all in this together and we're not alone because I, I often forget that. And I could very easily just go into a place of despair and what can I do and who's taking care of me? And if I make the wrong decision, what will happen? And we're all in it together. And it reminds me to also um, concentrate on my faith and that things will eventually work out. You know, things aren't always going to be like this. So I wanted to thank my group for, for sharing with me today, reminding me that I'm not alone. Thank you. Thank you. Kathy, did you want to share? Oh, yeah. Uh, I love this topic, first of all. And uh, the breakout groups are always so enriching. And it's uh, touching when people share their stories. And I love, again, I love this topic. Now it's got me like, you know, my wheels are spinning about my next, what's my next move going to be? And my life has always been like that. And so sometimes I think, oh, you know, my life's so weird, you know, all the different changes I've made. But when I hear Norma speak and then people in my group that spoke, it's like, oh, this is how life is if we listen, right? So, so yeah, thank you, Norma. That sounds like it was very affirming for you. Yeah. Nice. That's lovely. Who else would like to share? Yeah, time for one more.
And if not, that's fine too. All right, then we'll move towards our close. I'm going to put some links in the chat, just some things about the Peace Alliance and the different things that we have going. Um, the website for those on the podcast is peacealliance.org. Um, and there you can find several things. There is a link to our Peace on podcasts, which we publish all of the Hope Story Circles and our national calls and several other things. Um, we also have a page about the Hope Story Circles if you want to read about it and share it with others so that you could invite people to join us here. We um, have our Hope Story Circles currently on the second and fourth Saturday of every month. We'd love to have you join us. You can go to the website, again, at beastlines.org for the calendar of events to get the link for the Zoom to join the call. There's also a link to our blueprint for peace. It's a major initiative with one click. You can let all of your elected officials know, federal, state, local, that you support policies related to the strategies of building peace and fostering nonviolence. Uh, there's also a link to our Department of Peace Building Legislation, HR 1111, which is our um, keynote piece of legislation that we have been supporting for many years now. We are a small nonprofit. There's a link for donations. We accept donations of any time, any kind gratefully, especially our monthly donors that become our peace partners and give us sustainable income. So we'd really appreciate any consideration you might give to us there. And the calendar of events, peacealliance.org slash calendar. So with that, I'll hand it off to Liz to bring us to a close today with gratitude to you, Norma, for joining us and prompting such wonderful, rich conversations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you always, Terry and Yelena. And I just want to offer you the opportunity, Norma, if you wanted, before I move to the close, were there any final thoughts you wanted to share? You don't have to, I just... And you'd have to unmute. I'm trying to remember what I said to Kathy just in the group, what I said to the group, not mm. just to Kathy, that I said, oh, I forgot to say that part. And now I forgot what that was. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> she, of course she does. Um, no, okay. I just lost it. Thank I just Lord. lost it. But thank, thank you for the opportunity. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure where I was going to go with the closing. I always try to listen to what people say. But as I was hearing people talk, uh, especially Kathy, right about moving from that place of being stuck, I was recalling a conversation I was recently having with a group of friends. And one of one of the friends said they really wanted to make this jump, this leap, right, in their life, but they weren't sure if everything was going to be okay. And the rest of us jumped in very quickly to say, oh, you'll be fine. If you jump, right, the net appears, the wings grow, all of those things that we say. Um, but I don't know why, I, what was coming up for me was I took a pause and I said, I, I just want us to think about the fact that that might not always feel true, right? If we make a jump, sometimes we jump and things don't work out the way we want to and we don't feel safe. And then I'm, I'm, think, I'm you know, acknowledging something that Annette just said. But I remember early on, right? How important community is, right? The beloved community. And I remember for years, I have this, I, I live in a two family house with my sister and we have this spare room. And for years, I used to say to people when they were afraid of making a move, I said, what, what, what's stopping you? 
I said, what's your greatest fear? And they said, well, that I would end up homeless, right? If I leave this and I, I might up homeless. And I said, okay, I have a spare bedroom. So you're not going to end up homeless, right? If the worst happened, there'd be a place for you to say. And I remember my husband saying, what if they all say come at the same time? Would <laughs> you say that to so many people? What if they all come at the same time? And I said, well, we've got to pull out couch and we have all this. And so what I wanted us to think about as we're moving through this, right? Is um, I love what you said, Norma, about not waiting for the hurricane. <laughs> but if we feel that there's this need for us to move, to jump, and even if we're afraid, right? we can maybe look to the community, right? To, and reach out to people and say, I wanna make this move, but my fear is this. And um, one of the ideas that, that Norma and I have always taught with ours is there's someone close to you, right? If you put something out there, there's someone nearby who has an answer for you or has can meet a need that you put out there. And so I invite you all um, while you think about Norma's story, right? And, um, and what it would take to leap. And it's all gonna be something different. For Norma, as I always said, she always takes the time to get heart-centered and then reach out and see what opens. And so I invite you to all in the next couple of weeks as we move on, and if you're back here in two weeks, but if you take this with you as you go, to, to think about how do I connect with my heart? What's my truth? What's the move I would love to make? And what kind of support might I need for my community? And just one last thought, this is just coming to me. When Norma and I started What Better Looks Like, one of the things we put in is that we need infrastructures to support the beloved community, right? And, and Norma and I would sometimes go back and forth about that because infrastructures can seem like an off-putting word. And I started to think recently of people have been going through the pandemic, that things like Zoom, but also things like GoFundMe, things like Venmo, things like that, right? All of a sudden we can go, oh, this thing happened in my life and, and I'm not in an okay place. And can, is there any way you could support me or my friend or this? We're slowly creating those infrastructures for peace. And I see Bonnie's hand, right? So I'm gonna finish up. So I want us to invite us to like reach out and think there are infrastructures out there. If we wanna make the jump, the wings may grow right away, but we might not see them, but at the very least, there's gonna be a beloved community out there somewhere where we can turn. So I'm gonna turn it off. I see Bonnie wanted to say something and I know we always end up coming off mute and talking to yeah. another. So I'm gonna invite, yeah. If, if you wanna wrap up Terry and then if we wanna. No, Bonnie, did you have something you wanted to share? If you don't mind, cause Liz brought up a beautiful thing that she said um, that I just wanna emphasize. <laughs> And it comes from my religion. Uh, there's a certain stage that there's a practice where um, every day you do, you come from a certain place. I don't want to go into the details, but each week during that time period, you're coming from a certain place. And one of the weeks they have you coming from the heart, mm. and, which is just what she said. And so I just wanted to emphasize that because I've experienced it and it's incredible to, you know, each day as your things come up, things come to you, um, when you go to approach whatever the issue is or the thought is to come from the heart, you might find that you have a different way of handling it. Mm -hmm. Thank you very, very much, Liz. 
Thank you, Bonnie. And thank, thank you, you, everyone. And Feel free you, to come off mute. And, and oh, Norma, you're raising your hand. Did you want to? Yeah, I'll just say, I, I just remembered the one thing I wanted to say is when I felt <laughs> I needed to leave yeah, from New York to come to Mexico, it was, I knew it was time to go. And I had felt that the year before, but I really knew it was time to go. Although it, there's always a fear that stops you because what if, what if am I really leaving and I'm leaving the country, Never mind leaving my home and leaving the ocean. But, and I kept one foot and then I kept a couple of toes and then, then I'm, but I knew it was time to go. So it's about listening to that voice and taking that leap and in, in, in conjunction with what, what you all said, I just want to say that. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Norma. Feel free to come off mute everyone and say goodbye. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for hosting. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org.